It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello. Hello. Here we go. It's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cup Eye Podcast. It is the Stat Show, and I'm joined by Optus Mike Reed once again. Mike, how are you doing, lad? Yeah, feeling better after Monday night, that's for sure. But um, yeah, thanks we'll for having me on. No worries. We're, we're keeping up the. Um, I think we've said a few times after we've stopped recording, we we need to start doing these when Liverpool lose games. But <laughs> it seems like we yeah. do it when Liverpool are boss. Which let's just stick to the stick to what we know. Liverpool win a game, they do well. It doesn't happen loads this season so we need to no, need to milk it for all we can yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but uh yeah i just thought we'd get stuck into some of the some of the stuff you've sent me over, over a load of good stuff like salah and jota and Trent, yeah. which you'll get to at the end but i just thought we'd start with salah because his goal scoring i think i mean you said just just now before we started recording like you could write a book on it because it's just it's just so good and it's like when it's when it's your own player and they're they're a winger and he scores so many goals it's just so enjoyable but Looking at the the list of um, all time Liverpool goal scorers, obviously recently passed Fowler in terms of Premier League. Um, I think yeah. I saw a stat on Sky Sports like most left footed goals. Like I, yeah, I, I love when he starts yeah. passing all those um, stats and stuff. But the one that is I think is quite interesting, which I saw this morning, is the one that he's only he's only one behind behind Fowler and um, four behind Gerrard in terms of yeah. all time, which is yeah. is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so Gerard got one eight six, Fowler one eight three, and Salah's on one eight two, which is ten more than Dalglish one seven two. And I'm pretty sure we did a show when he when he just overtook Dalglish, didn't we? And we we talked yeah. about him overtaking him. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of them where I always say I think when he signed for Liverpool, I don't think many people would have thought in six years' time this is the kind of thing we'd be talking about with him. Um, there's only four players in Liverpool's history got to 200 goals, and that's Rush 346, Roger Hunt 285, Gordon Hodgson 241, and Billy Little 228. So Salah on 182. You have to assume, you know, he's probably going to stay next season. He's going to be the fifth to 200 there. He's going to overtake Gerard and Fowler. Um, it's mind blowing, really, um, especially because <laughs> it's like you, you said, you know, he is a winger as well, and he's yeah. putting 
you know, goal rates that strikers will be proud of. Yeah, and and just when you like compare it to like Fowler's appearances, like if he if he's if he matches it in the in the next game against Forest, they'll have done it in like seventy one less games. When you think yep. just how much of a phenomenon Robbie Fowler was, obviously he still mm. had a lot of injuries when he was younger as well, which kind of severely hampered the amount of goals he scored. But yeah, he was actually like a a number nine, always in those areas, scoring from everywhere, headers, free kicks, left foot, yeah. right foot, just an all round beast. And the fact that Salah can can do it in such a shorter amount of games is it adds to the the value of how good it is as well, doesn't it? Totally, because like I always wish um, that stats sort of started in the nineties, so we could see Fowler's like XG and his conversion rate and stuff. Because yeah, I'd love to see his conversion rate, because you know it's what he's known for. Um, sort of now, isn't it? That he was just a lethal finisher, like you say, left foot, right foot. He's actually Fowler has has the record for headed goals in the Premier League for Liverpool, and you wouldn't associate that with him but he yeah. just could score any type of goal free kicks um and maybe Salah isn't quite that all round he's more reliant on his left foot so I can't remember the last time Salah scored a header to be honest I don't think he scores many of them well um, yeah he, he had a chance in the Leeds game where he um he just didn't put his head into it he just he yeah just, it just caressed his hair and went went past him I think, I think it was that 0-0 wasn't it it was quite early yeah. on and the cross had come in, and yeah, he just brushed past him. Yeah, he's not—he's not lethal in the air, whereas Fowler probably was. Um, but yeah, it's—it's yeah, it's amazing that he's—he's he's about to equal him and then overtake him. Yeah, because I think when you think of like right-footed goals, there's not as many. But like the one that in recent memory is the one against United, where he just basically wellies it with his right foot yeah. and it comes comes off the bar and goes in. Uh, and it's just funny because like he does get. He is very left footed. I think we all know that. You know what way he's going to yeah. turn, but he can he can finish with it. He just needs to be in the I don't know the right zone or whatever the right frame of mind to to do it. But I, I would like to see his last header goal. I'm just trying to think, top of my head, but I don't know. He must. Have, have, he must. I'll have to load it. He must. Have, load it. He must Here have scored second. one, wasn't he? I'm, in, I'm oh, interested now. <laughs> in his first season, he he did score a couple. Hold on. It's lucky I've got Excel open here. I can quickly load it up. <laughs> Otherwise, I've, uh, oh, it was I've got... it was against Man United this season at Old Trafford. Was oh my so it god! Was, it was a re- it was a re- terrible goal. It was like oh, rebounded back to him and he headed it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm sure people will give me a lot of grief for not remembering that. But there was that many goals, so forgive me. He has <laughs> just look at he has seven headers for Liverpool out of 180, 82 goals. Wait, when was his, when was his last one before that one? Was it a while? April 2021 against Aston Villa. Ah, right, okay. Long time. So he didn't score one last season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he really doesn't score many. <laughs> we can forgive him because he's absolutely lethal with every yeah. other every other part of his body, yeah. to be fair. Um, but yeah, just just in terms of Salah then as well, like because we were looking at his um like his all all comps, goals and stuff, and it was quite interesting what you sent over because he's in terms of minutes per goal or assist, his average over his all of his seasons is ninety seven, yeah. and he's he's hitting exactly ninety seven this season, which I th- yep. is I think it's really satisfying that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's like like you say, so he averages a goal or an assist every ninety seven minutes he plays for Liverpool, and that's this season he's averaging a goal or assist or assist every ninety seven minutes. So he has thirty seven goals and assists in in forty three games, and I don't think there's anybody really other than Liverpool fans who think he's having that good a season but 
when when you look at those numbers, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's, and he's missed two penalties as well. <laughs> um, it's just it's just silly, really. There's only if you if you don't count penalties in the Premier League, only Haaland and Kane have scored more than him still. So he's still up there with sort of those names when they're obviously natural goal scoring centre forwards. And Salah's always been. A wide player. I, I think Salah will actually be disappointed with his numbers as well. That's that's the the wild thing there. He probably expects more of himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but if if he is is far away from scoring thirty goals again this season, which would be three seasons in a row, which does not happen very often, I can assure you. So um, he, he's just an amazing player. Yeah, like thirty one in his previous previous two, and he's now on mm-hmm. thirty six, uh, twenty six. Sorry. Yeah, it's that it's it's stuff like that that he's kind of just like looked at the rule book and just ripped it to shreds and thought, yeah, I'm just gonna just score. Because we were talking about Haaland, like and how how he's kind of changed everything, and like obviously he's now matched Salah's Premier League total in, um, yeah, in just record amount of time. Just made it look made it look easy, but I just feel like the Salah season being his first season, being a right winger and actually like being over that side and still having to score loads of goals. I think that'll always be more impressive to me than someone who's going to be always in the box for rebounds and he's got Kevin De Bruyne on yeah. just to whip balls into him and get put it on play for him so um but t- I mean in terms of his goals and stuff it's just it's still it still blows my mind that he's still doing the numbers that he is and yeah. uh, people are still I mean I suppose it's more rival fans like questioning like how good he is because I think he always he always puts the numbers in I think the only criticism slightly you could say levy adam is that when liverpool have been playing badly he's, he's maybe not in the game as much but i feel like that's you're kind of a victim of like what liverpool are doing because if trent's not on mm-hmm. that right hand side of henderson's not in the team like that mm-hmm. kind of triangle that we'd bridged uh, and created over those years wasn't there he was yeah. kind of suffering from that as well wasn't he I think that's the same with everyone. I think if you look at some of Man City's poorer games this season, even Haaland just won't have been involved. Um, in fact, when we um, beat them at Anfield earlier in the season, Salah obviously scored the winner. Haaland did have the most shots in that game, but I generally, I don't feel I feel like we sort of handled him fairly well. And, it's, and Man City, it wasn't one of Man City's better games, that's for certain. But I think that's just the way it is. I think if, if the team in general isn't is struggling, it's hard for the attacking players and the creative players to to do their thing. So yeah, I think I think Salah's almost a victim of his own ridiculous standards where, you know, like you say, he scored over thirty goals the last two seasons, that first season where he scored forty four. Um I think he's sort of set this standard where if he's not at his absolute best, people say he's rubbish and he's he's lost it or he's 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 past it or whatever it is. The amount of people who like compare him to say when Aubameyang signed a new contract to Arsenal, because obviously Salah's now signed a new contract, and Aubameyang's numbers sort of really dropped off. A lot of people say, "Well, that's happening to Salah," but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's so not. And I don't know where it's, it's that it's, it's because of his high standards where that that perception of how he's doing is just sort of distorted compared to what you know. If, if this was an, any other player, we'd be talking about him as one of the players of the season. But because yeah. Salah, we're, we're not exactly. Yeah, because he kind of made a, a, like a. Weirdly, a rod for his own back with the, with the, in in the most positive way with the first yeah. season because he, he the levels were set were so high, but um yeah hopefully he can go on and score a few more for us and we can quietly um because the win against Leeds obviously puts us nine points off fourth and I don't think anyone believes we're going to get it but I think with the pressure off I think Liverpool 
proved in the Leeds game against the poor sides, but I think second half against Arsenal seemed like a bit of a, a turning point for us with like a new formation yeah. and stuff with Trent and stuff. But we'll move on to like Jota as well because another one who's um, gets a lot of grief on uh, <laughs> social media and stuff. Yeah. Whenever he's starting games, it kind of gets a lot of um, people questioning why. But I feel like he's been out for been out for a long time. It doesn't. Yeah. You can't. Some players just can't come back and click straight back into the play that they were before. It takes a while. The whole not scoring for a year thing wasn't great, obviously, and he knew about it because he got asked about it for in a Sky Sports interview. I think so. He was yeah. he obviously was aware of it. But um, the like his numbers like this season. I mean, in terms of assists and stuff, are, are pretty good as well, aren't they? Yeah, he's actually got the third most assists for Liverpool this season in all comps, which I don't think many people would sort of expect. Salah's top, Robertson um, second, and then Jota's got eight. And if you if you take it minutes per, because obviously, like you say, Jota's been injured quite a bit and he's not maybe played 90 minutes very often, um, his minutes per assist is the best of any Liverpool player this season. So it's this weird thing where, yes, he's gone a year without a goal, but um, I mean, I did a tweet about, uh, during the Leeds game just when he set up Salah he was actually second for assists for Liverpool since his last goal behind Salah. It's always behind Salah. That's just, that, that's that's like the rule of Liverpool stats at the minute. But um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Was it the, like the Simpsons meme where it's like, yeah, the line only, only Mo Salah. <laughs> I love that. Only Salah. Yeah. It's somebody needs to trademark that really. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, it's one of them for Jota where he's, he's sort of, because he didn't get many assists before this sort of run. Um, I think he's got, uh, is it 15 assists for, for, for Liverpool? Eight this season. So it was only seven in his first two seasons. So he sort of improved his creativity a bit, um, which I think is important, um, especially, you know, playing as either a central striker in the sort of Firmino role we've come to associate, or as a, a wide player, you'd still hope he, he could be that creative player as well so I think that's something he's had to add to his game um so yeah I, I, it's tricky for him because there's mitigating circumstances to him going a year about a goal um he had he had a lot of you know games where he maybe played only a few minutes at the end of a game or was subbed off early on or whatever because of injuries so it's been really tricky for him but his assist record has stayed good uh, and I think that's a positive and I think people have got to sort of remember that about him really yeah, and I think he's he's one of those players that he he tends to when it's it's a tight game he gets the goal that we that we need and obviously yeah. if he's not if he's not scoring then we we haven't got that um that luxury but with the assist um I mean he still broke through and it was an assist but the goal was kind of like ridiculous finish by Salah but it's an assist is an assist it doesn't matter mm-hmm. the fact that he then comes out the second half and and gets two goals as well that kind of hopefully get well get one and get rid of the the stat that's probably circling around his brain yeah. when he's in front of goal that he yeah. needs to get rid of, and it gives him a bit of confidence to to play. Because I thought Klopp selecting the same team was quite a show of confidence. To be fair, because we yeah. had we had Diaz on the bench, we had Nunes on the bench, we had Thiago on the bench, but he gave Curtis Jones another go, yeah. and he gave Jota another go. And I think it's a massive show of confidence that we need to give these lads specifically more time, especially with the pressure off a little bit more to get themselves back to a point where. They're confident enough to show that they're good enough for Liverpool, and I think they, I think they both did that in the in the Leeds game, didn't they? I'm I'm really pleased he did that, really, Klopp. Um, and obviously, you've got to manage everyone's minutes, and I, I don't think Nunez and Firmino and Thiago will want to be sat on the bench very often, so you can't do it every game. But 
I think you've got to accept that it's a squad game. And yeah, we're not in Europe anymore. We're not in any of the cup competitions. So it's pretty much one game a week now for Liverpool. Uh, only a couple of midweek games left, I think. So you can afford to um, give players, you know, every game pretty much and not have to rest them as such. Whereas normally if you're in the Cups or the Champions League, you'd think, oh, that's when you need to rotate more. But, but the fact that he didn't rotate with what, some people perceive was not necessarily the strongest eleven and left quite a strong super bench on. I think for Curtis and Diogo, that'll do their their confidence massive. And obviously, Jota getting the two goals. Jones got an assist as well. Um, but Jota's two goals, uh, you hope now because it's what you referred back to. How many times does he score like the, the first goal in a game or or, or the very important goals in, in big moments? If he can now get his confidence back and return to that. I think Liverpool's missed that really badly this season. Um, and I think we've spoken in previous shows, Liverpool have struggled this season when they've gone behind in games. And that first goal has been so important. And that's where Jot has been such a massive miss in terms of getting those first goals. So if he's now got his confidence from those two goals, which he should, which he should because I think one of the finishes where it was the post and in, um, was an unbelievable finish against Leeds. So that if that doesn't give him confidence, nothing will really. Um, so hopefully that we can get that job to back certainly for the last last few games of the season. Yeah, because when I done the show with Christian, like I kind of I don't know, it was a bit crazy, but I, that goal you mentioned, I kind of likened to like foul it a little bit because it was a bit yeah. scruffy. But he always seems to find those bottom when he's in the right areas and he's getting the right obviously got a bit of confidence and stuff he always seems to find like a posting in or those bottom corners might not hit it with the best technique or whatever but he always seems to manage to hit those corners and, and you sent me over another uh, thing about Jota about him being seventh in the um in, in the Premier League era for for men's uh, per goal and assist involvement which in terms of like the, the names above him <laughs> are all pretty pretty amazing you've got Salah, Suarez, Sturridge, Torres, Owen and Fowler, um, you've got Divock Origi just below him as well. So that's that's another yes. thing that, in terms of his appearances, a lot of them have, have like I said, came as, as subs as well. But and he generally doesn't play ninety minutes. So the fact that he's still in in and around those those players is is, mm-hmm. is pretty impressive as well, isn't it? Yeah, f- fifty one um, goal goals and assists in one hundred and five games, even on its own, that's like one every two. But then when you factor in the fact that he's played so many games as a sub or been subbed off and had his injury problems, it does, like you say, it, it averages it 127 minutes per goal involvement. Obviously, we talked about Salah earlier being 97. He's the best. Suarez was 102. Uh, Sturridge, 107. Torres, 114. Owen, uh, sorry, Owen, 117. And Fowler, 121. So he's just behind Fowler. Which again, we, we talk about um, Fowler as being that, that great goal scorer. But even then, you look, he's ahead of Mane. Mane was 137, Firmino 139. So if, you, if you're ahead of Mane, you're doing something right. And that's what I always say because Mane was brilliant for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's involved in a goal more regularly than, than Mane was, um, obviously, Mane won Golden Boot in his time at Liverpool. So he was a, he was a great goal scorer. Um, but the fact that Jota's in that list with those players, um, I, I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Because again, like like we said with Salah earlier, when when we signed Jota, would anybody have expected him to be quite that level? I'm not I'm not sure anybody did really. He sort of forced his way into that iconic 
front three of Firmino, Mane and Salah, he sort of forced his way in, which not many players would have done, um, especially signed from sort of Wolves, a lower lower half Premier League team at the time. And I, I think he's he deserves a lot of credit for being in just being in that list. And he's in that list despite going a year without a goal. So he was obviously doing something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like you said, he came in and it was... He was trying to like break down the old guard, wasn't he? Like he was trying to come in yeah. and score some goals and done really well. But it's another one of those players that you think if he just stays clear of injury injuries, he can he can he can fly up that list. So hopefully yeah. that rest of the season he can keep himself injury free and he can score loads more goals now that he's got the the old that, that old stat out the back of his mind when he's in front of goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were talking about we we're going to talk about Trent as well because. Since his like his move inside, I mean he's still right back, but he's he's dropping into those central areas a bit more. And you put up like a um, like a, a pass graphic, which I when I mentioned it to you, like he should that needs to be hung up in the Louvre. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I agree, it is it's a it is a thing of beauty. But it is it was his most passes in um in a, in a game for Liverpool, one hundred and twenty four. But it yep. was, I mean, like we mentioned, it's against the poor lead side. To be fair, but. He's still had to getting used to a newer, slightly newer position, dropping inside, and he was he was absolutely. It was like watching a master at work sometimes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it's always a sort of discussion with Trent, isn't it, in terms of people saying, "Oh, should he be in midfield? Maybe he should move to that midfield role." And Klopp has just been so against doing it for for basically his entire time at, at Liverpool, um, and I sort of agree with that because. He's been the best right back in the world for that long. Why would you move him from right back? Um, and like I say, he's not moved from right back. He is still playing right back at the minute. It's just it's the the way Liverpool set up that that sort of the, the back four and then the midfield has slightly changed in those last two games. And yeah, he just dictated the game really against um, against Leeds. He made 124 successful passes, as you say. So he's most ever in a in a game, and he got the two assists. Um, his passing accuracy was at 91%. So it wasn't like he was... So despite the fact that he was getting those two assists and still being creative, he was completing passes at a ridiculous rate. And it was... I think we, we said before we sort of started recording, it was like, you know, he was, he was sort of almost taking the mick of it in terms of the way he was just playing little one-twos in the middle of the pitch with Fabinho at first and then when Thiago came on. Um, and his pass map, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's on it's on Twitter and things. But I'm sure you can Google it easily. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a very nice pass map. Just the range of the passes. You can see some of his long diagonals. You can see the short ones. But it also shows where he was playing in the pitch because rather than being wide right, the lot would sort of tucked into the center. So it is it is a thing of beauty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I was um, Liverpool. Like the Twitter account posted, like uh, when they generally do, like Trent versus Leeds. Like all of us, not all of us yeah. passes, but like most of them, and just to show like what what he was doing. And one in particular that I enjoyed, which was, um, and it's not like the most like Hollywood esque ball, but it was one where 
he draw he gets past basically uh, if you look at if you look at the map it's like I think it's the one that's nearest like our own penalty box yeah and he kind of receives it and the I think ordinarily if that was Fabinho he'd just play a like a square pass straight to straight to Van Dijk but he doesn't he takes a touch and then he plays a left footed ball whipped over um I think it's over to Andy Robertson on the left hand side and it was something so small but it's something like that where if you've got someone of that quality getting into those areas that relieves all the pressure because if you then play it into Van Dijk you're then getting pressed a bit more they can maybe potentially block the ball or pen us in and get and us have a horrible throw in there our own corner flag but it's one of those that he just plays into those areas left footed because he's so so two-footed as well which is an, another benefit of his game yeah. um but it was one. It was it was one. It was one of a few that was was very nice during the game. I, I yeah, thought. yeah. I, I think he, him, and De Bruyne are the two best creative passers of a football in in the Premier League, for sure. I, I think you know, and I get so I, that's why I do sort of get that argument that um, he, if you put him in midfield, maybe even in a De Bruyne type position, albeit De Bruyne's playing more like a second striker this season, but. Um, if if you put him in where maybe De Bruyne's old position, that sort of right-sided central midfield player, maybe that's that's the position for Trent. Um, but but yeah, it's it, I, I don't think I think the Leeds game showed he can do it despite still playing right back. I think he's had so many amazing performances from right back. I mean, the one that always stands out um, was Leicester in the season we won the league and we'd just come back from the Club World Cup. It's, it's probably one of the best performances I've ever seen from a Liverpool player. Just absolutely ran the game. He got two assists in that game, um, and, and a goal as well. An absolutely brilliant goal. But um, yeah, and and I, I want to sort of go back on what you mentioned. He's two footed as well. He can play passes with his left foot that most people wouldn't try with their stronger foot. Um, and I'm trying to think of examples. There was one in the Man City game where Liverpool won the league in 1920 in the three-one win at Anfield, where Robertson set up Salah, but it came from. Um, Alexander Arnold played this left-footed ball, um, switching the play to him, which normally he'd play that with his right foot. But he, Man City sort of forced him onto his left foot, and he still finds this ridiculous crossfield pass. And then Robertson's away, plays across the sour, and we score. So he does have that two-footed ability. It doesn't matter which foot he's on. Obviously, you'd prefer him on his right. Um, I think the key for for Klopp is just working out how do we get. Alexander Arnold into the best positions to be creative. Um, I think that I think that's the absolute key. While sort of help giving him cover defensively, whether that's through Fabinho or Henderson or Konate or whoever, um, I think it's finding that balance of getting Trent into the best possible attacking positions because you know that Leeds game showed what he can do when you do that. Yeah, I mean, this is it's weird because like after I've watched that game and after the second half of Arsenal. I'm kind of looking forward to Forest game, like (laughs) as weird as that is, just because like this season hasn't been good, and you're going into every game like not knowing what to expect. But Mm. because we're back at home, we've got a slightly different um, setup now. Because like you said, Klopp was kind of against putting him inside into the midfield so blatantly. He was he was doing it at at times, but he wasn't coming in 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 the sixth position between Canate and Van Dijk. He was doing that. Pretty much all game, you'd see him on the left, you'd see him on mm-hmm. the on the right. So, um, what you, what you reckon? What you reckon Klopp will do then in terms of in terms of trying to maybe fine tune that? You reckon obviously Canate playing basically right back is the perfect cover for him, but um, in terms of like a, maybe a right centre midfielder, I imagine um, Henderson because 
because of the way kind of he's declined naturally with with age and stuff. He, yeah. I don't think he'll play as much next season. Who do you reckon will? Who do you think would be the perfect right centre midfield in that gap? It's, it's it's really hard to answer that, and and this is why Klopp sort of paid the big bucks because he's got to work <laughs> it out. Um, but like Harvey Elliott's been playing as our right centre mid for most of the season. I would say him and Henderson switch. You would say Henderson probably understands covering the right side defensively more than Elliot yeah. Wood, whereas Elliot is more of a creative um, player. I'm almost, it's maybe not maybe a, a player as such. It's finding, um, it depends on the opponent you're playing and it depends on um, the sort of general shape of the team, how you're covering him, because it doesn't necessarily have to be or this player has to be at right centre mid or else we can't play Alexander Arnold cutting inside or else it won't work. I don't necessarily think it's a case of that because I think ultimately if if you have, say, Canate and Henderson and they're both covering that right-hand side, you'd be fine. Whereas if maybe you have Fabinho alongside Alexander Arnold, he can do a lot of the covering as well for him in, in that in that defensive role. So I think it's it's more into tactically players understanding right if Trent's in this position going forward who who covers and who who sticks back you know who stays out wide to provide the whip if he's tucked inside whether it's Salah it was Salah a lot of the time against Leeds and Henderson does it as well so I'm not sure it's actually a case of a player as such it, it's that systematic sort of thing um which it's very, it is really, really tricky to answer. That's a minefield of a question from literally you there, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was just I'm just trying to think. Like like you said, I agree, like it depends on who you're playing and like how you structure it and stuff. And you, yeah. obviously he's got to pick his moments to drop into those gaps. And if you're playing like a a low block, you can do it more often and you can pick those passes to Nunes Diaz or Salah or whoever whoever's in the, yeah. those four positions. But it's just going to be interesting to see how Klopp goes about it because there's been links to like Gravenberch and McAllister mm-hmm. and Mason Mount, all players that are under twenty, under twenty five with good yeah. good engines, good pace, good ability, um, stamina. Like tick all the boxes. I was just, I'm just interested to see how how Klopp kind of plays it really because I think it's, it's 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 one of the trickiest sort of transfer windows he will have had now because. Yeah. Um, in terms of, let's assume we know Oxley, Chamberlain and Cater are going to leave. Milner probably going to leave. So that leaves you with, in terms of midfield, it leaves you with Thiago, Jones, uh, Fabinho, Bicetic, uh Henderson, Elliott. Um, and then it's a case of, right, who do we add to that? I would say you've got sort of Fabinho and Bicetic are maybe your deeper midfielders. Then you've probably got Henderson and Elliot as your right-hand side. Then you've probably got Thiago and Jones as your left-hand side. So it's then a case of which, if we're signing a midfielder, it has to, you have to think which of those roles do you feel we are most in need to sort of... In an ideal world, Thiago would stay fit for an entire season <laughs> and you could just use Thiago in that left-sided role. But yeah. I think what Liverpool need... And I'm not saying Jones can't necessarily do it, but Jones had his injury issues as well. Is um, a more robust left-sided central midfielder who can play most of the games, start most of the games, will rarely get injured, and allow you to rest Thiago as much as possible and use Thiago sparingly. Use Thiago when you need Thiago for the big games, um, and that. So I would say that left-sided 
midfield position is actually really important. And then in terms of Fabinho, obviously with his sort of backup is either moving Henderson deeper or playing Bicetic, who's only 18. So again, I would say there's there's a defensive midfielder needed there as well. Someone who can give, like I've just said, give Thiago a rest in games. The left side, well, we need probably need a holding midfielder to give Fabinho a rest. I think once you've got that, that's that's two midfielders, a left-sided and a and a defensive midfielder. Liverpool then have eight midfielders going into next season. There's plenty of bodies there. Um, and especially if we're changing this, sort of tweaking this style for Alexander-Arnold to come inside a bit more. So it's just the important thing is what profile of those two players do you um, want? Like you, you mentioned Graven Birch, obviously it looks like Bellingham not going to happen. I, almost the he who shall not be named now. Um, uh, there's, there's obviously links to McAllister to Mount um, players like that Caicedo um, yeah. the decision listen we're going to have to trust Klopp and, and the, the powers that be to get that decision right in terms of um, the midfield signings but it's it's in, it's a really fine balancing act in picking those players for those roles in my opinion yeah because when you when you watch uh, Caicedo he's just He's absolutely amazing. I just, yeah. I just, and like we were laughing about like I don't know, like footy manager and stuff, and how how easy like Harlem makes it, and in it like a in like a footy manager world, you'd be like, right, I'll 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 sell Fabinho and I'll um, I'll sign Caicedo. <laughs> yeah, there's your defensive like midfield cover, um, sorted. But I mean, I've, I've thought about that. Do you, do you think there's a world we, where we potentially sell Fabinho? Do you reckon that's? Do you reckon that's it, it, I think the, the the issue with that is someone would have to come up with a bid that we were willing to accept. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure lots of clubs would want him. Um, would would clubs bid maybe I don't know what throw a ballpark thirty million, forty million for him at his age? I don't know. Um, like I say, I I think even if he stays, Liverpool would need a player who can. Rotate yeah. with him in holding midfield because you can't rely on Bicetic as an 18, 19 year old as he'll be next season. You can't rely on him, you know, you can't push him through games all the time. So I think, regard, even if Liverpool were to sell Fabinho, well, suddenly we'd need to sign another defensive midfielder on top of already probably needing a defensive midfielder. So not only would you have to get a, a decent fee to then replace him with, um, you, 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 needing to sign more players than you already are. We're already already talking about signing two or three midfielders, so yeah. you're adding another one to that. So I, I think there possibly is a world where it happens because, you know, Liverpool, we know the way they're sort of, um, we won't get into the ins and outs of the finances and stuff, but it's it's largely, you know, what, what Liverpool make is what they have to spend. So, yeah, I think there is a world where most players would be available for the right price. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's whether... A, a team in Europe or, or wherever comes up with a bid that we would be willing to listen to? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see because I think most, you can make a case for most players this season that they've been severely below <laughs> the required level. And I think Fabinho tops that list quite by quite a distance in terms of what he was to what he is now um but yeah let's hope that he let's hope that it's one of those seasons where it was just horrific for everyone the next season when we've got he's got some accompanying in midfielders who've got some legs that maybe it'll help his case a little bit but i just want to finish with one that one that you posted on 
a start you post on Twitter uh, about us scoring uh, six plus goals in, in four matches <laughs> yeah. this season, and it's the, it's the it's the most times we've scored six plus in a season for sixty years. I just think yeah. I just think that's bonkers considered in the season we've had. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like this one of those things where when it goes well for this Liverpool team, my God, it goes well. Um, so the six games, uh, the four games, sorry, would have scored six as you mentioned there. The Bournemouth nine nil. Man United 7-0, Rangers 7-1, and, and obviously Leeds last time out was 6-1. So, yeah, Bill Shankly in 1963-64, that was the last time um, Liverpool scored six goals four times in, in a season. Um, it's an absolutely mad thing, and, and, and in my job at Opta, I've sort of been doing some research on that. And in the Prem, if we just look at the Premier League, so ignore the Rangers game, if you look at those three Premier League games, the Bournemouth 9-0, Man United 7-0, Leeds 6-1, in those games, Liverpool have scored 13 more than their expected goals. In all the other 27 Premier League games Liverpool have had this season, they've scored 13 fewer goals than their expected goals. So Liverpool are scoring bang on, pretty much bang on. It's 56 goals from a, it's just under 56 expected goals. Um, but it all come. The only reason is because of those three games. So if you know if the team could have hit a band or in some of the other games. You know, we'd, we'd, they'd be in the Champions League running, that's for sure. In fact, last time I went on um, LFC TV and we sort of discussed the away form and the struggles, I, I, I worked out that just away from home, if they'd scored a few more than expected, it would have been worth at least six points. And that's just away from home. That's ignoring games like the Arsenal game where Liverpool had more than enough chances to win at home. So if you add those six points, suddenly Liverpool are only three points off the top four. And that's just from being a little bit more clinical in, in an away game. So the games where it would have made a difference, there'd be the Everton nil-nil where Pickford made eight saves and ultimately you just need one of those to go in and would have won the game. There was the Crystal Palace nil-nil earlier in the year. Pretty dull game, but Liverpool had enough shots and expected goals to, on another day, have won. There's the, and then there's the one-nil defeats to Forest and Bournemouth away from home. Liverpool had more than enough chances to score. You know, Salah missed the penalty in, in, in the Bournemouth one and Van Dijk had a few headers in, in, in both of those games. Um, so Liverpool had more than enough chances to at least draw those games. I'm being conservative and saying maybe get a one-all draw instead of losing. But if they'd have basically scored one more goal in those games, that would have been six points. And suddenly it's just it just has a different complexion on the season, doesn't it? And it's it's really frustrating that when you see the Man United 7-0 and the Leeds 6-1, we can do it. And I can't explain why we can do it in those games and not in, in these other games. It's just so weird. There's no explanation for it, but frustrating is the word. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about some of them games and you're just like, if Liverpool would have just scored... First, I think I think yeah. that's the thing. Liverpool scoring first gives us that little boost. We might we might not, we might not keep hold of the lead for very long, <laughs> but <laughs> at least uh, we've got a chance. And I think that comes back down to back again to like players being missing, like the likes of a Diaz who's been out for for God knows how long, five or six months. Only just recently came back against Leeds. Having him in the in the team every week, we would have at least scored a couple more goals because he's got that unpredictability and he's capable, as he's shown in the Palace game, um, that he can take on a whole team and score off the, from the edge of the box if he wants to. So hopefully he can um, make those little steps back as well at the end of the season and, and get a few more minutes and score some goals. Um, but yeah, Mike will leave it there. There's loads loads of stuff there um, yeah. to, to think about. Hopefully Liverpool can 
take your advice and start putting a few more chances away. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's frustrating easy, when you think it? about it. Easy. Yeah. It's easy <laughs> it when you break down the numbers. But it's, it's so frustrating when you think that like those six points, if you just drop those into what we are now, we'd only be three points off fourth and it'd be like right there's a proper battle on with a the... with a pretty decent fixture list in terms yeah. of you know like i think it's actually hinders liverpool a bit that they've got a lot of the teams that are down there so if you look at like forest they're in a relegation battle after forest it's west ham uh liverpool's still got i'm thinking leicester uh southampton so there's quite a few of those teams that are in the relegation battle and you think oh damn it, they've got a lot to play for still. So you want the sort of mid-table teams who don't have a lot to play for and it doesn't matter as much. Those are the games you want at this stage. But yeah, but like you say, if it was only three points off with those fixture lists, you might fancy us, especially after the 6-1 against Leeds. But it's a long way off the top four. We'll just take every game as it comes at the minute. Yeah, I, th- I think though, because top like challenging for titles for so many years, you can't, you can't drop points. But I think in a top four race... Everyone yeah. drops points, so if you just quietly go about it, pick up some points, like we beat Forest quietly, get a little two 0 win or whatever. Yeah, look to see what happens with everyone else, and then we've got um, we've got like Spurs, we've got Bre- Spurs, Brentford, and Fulham, three yep. consecutive home games. I'm expecting nine points there if we can, especially at home. The way the way that we're <laughs> no, but like at home, we, we, te- we tend to be a different beast. I mean, I, I suppose the Spurs yeah. game will be tricky because they, they obviously they can turn up at any given moment, and Kane can get you a goal, or Song can get you a goal on the counter attack as well. So, which is our exactly. Achilles heel at the minute. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like at home form, like I mean, I suppose seven points from those three would be would would be would be lovely. But I think if we get, if we do get nine, then there's I think at the end of the season it, we look a lot closer in terms of maybe sneaking yeah. in there, but. We can, I think to get top four, Liverpool would probably have to win all nine games, to be honest. Yeah. All eight games left, sorry, which would be nine wins in a row if you include the Leeds one. Uh, it, it's, it's not going to happen, really. <laughs> there's all, you, 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 as optimistic as you can be, there's always yeah. somewhere where you drop a silly point. Or, and, 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 you know, you just, Klopp's got, Klopp got the Leeds game right in terms of, you just said, it's just a free hit. Enjoy the game, you know. It doesn't matter if 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 we don't win as such because we're, we're probably not going to get top four. And I think it's going to be the same for pretty much every game now. Just just play every game, try and sort of look look to next season now. Uh, see if we if we can get into Europe, whether it's Europa League, Conference League. Try our best to do that uh, and just see what what comes of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think as optimistic as I am, <laughs> I expect us to win the home games. But it's the like you like you said, it's the it's the West Ham. Yeah. West Ham's and Leicester's yeah. and Southampton there where you're like um yeah not 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 optimistic at all going into them yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. but yeah nice one Mike we'll leave it there loads of good stuff there nice one as always for for jumping on with me um nice one everyone for listening as usual appreciate the support and yeah we'll be back we'll be back next time and Liverpool win <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all we do <laughs> nice one we'll see you soon Podcast Network.